Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. How are you guys all doing? Does it feel good to be back together? Yeah, this is amazing. I'm thankful that we've been able to rent this shelter for two weeks in a row. Um, it was pretty cool how the Lord worked it out for us to start meeting together again at a, just right now. Um, unfortunately, because it's been a pretty crazy and rapid transition, we have no clue where we're meeting next week. So, you guys can maybe pray for us that God will come through. Um, I, I do trust that God has a plan, whether it's locationally or we're, we're just going to find out what he's doing with us for next week and the following weeks. But if anybody has, has any connections of a place that you, that you know of that you could let us know about, that would be super cool. Um, obviously, it needs to be a place that we're allowed to gather together because you can't just plop anywhere. Um, it'd be nice if it has shelter, but you know what? And that's mainly in case it rains. Obviously, the shade is good too, but God's got this. But if you guys have ideas, maybe he's got this through your ideas, too. All right? Yeah. All right. Um, another quick update. The, the building journey that we've been on, obviously, has been a slow one. And, uh, but, but we are supposed to be getting the, the bids in this next week um, so that we can start seeing costs on how much it's going to be to do the necessary renovations. Um, and once we have that... We're going to bring that, those numbers to the board of directors and look at it really, clear, really closely and be praying into it to see what God's saying. But I just want you guys to be aware, like, we're, we're moving towards the time where the rubber is about to hit the road, and we're going to have to make some critical decisions, and, uh, and it's going to take money. So, you know, we're going to have to see how the Lord wants to provide, but we're a family and we do things together, and we're going we're gonna to see how God's going to do this. Amen? Amen? Uh, that, was a, that was a call to the family. Amen? Yeah. All right. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's move on here. We're, we need to keep praying, though, for the building. Please, I'm, I'm asking us as a family to keep praying for God's guidance and direction and favor and provisions on this. Because we really feel like God's wanting to keep building his kingdom through what we're doing here. All right, guys, um, now I'm going I'm to shift here. The, my title for today's message is Demonstrating Christ Under Pressure. <clears throat> Have you guys ever noticed in the, in the Gospels, Jesus is always going about the business of his Father. He's always got something that he's doing. But there's many times when Jesus was on his way to do something that something else unplanned came up to him and he stopped what he was doing to give attention to the need that came to him. And, and Jesus is amazing because he, he lived his life on this earth with a mission of a heaven to earth kind of a mission. And, and his, he never changed his mission, but sometimes he, he halted the momentary step that he was in so he could give attention where it was due. <clears throat> I feel like we're in that, in that place as a church right now. Not just us, but 
the body of Christ at large. We're in a season right now where, where there's something that needs attention that we kind of have to halt some things and, and pay it the, the attention that it needs in the moment. Amen? It's been a, it's been a crazy season this year. And, you know, we, we started, we ended last year and came into this year with so many prophetic words about vision 2020 or 2020 vision. And this is the year when, when the kingdom is going to be catalyzed forward and we're going to start seeing a propelling of, of God's activity in the church and the different sectors of society. And, and it's been a, a word that you've been hearing everywhere from hundreds of different people who are, who are leaning into the voice of the Lord. Thousands. Even in our own church, I've heard many people say, I feel like God's saying this is a year where vision is about to start happening in our midst. That's exciting. But then we got hit with the coronavirus. And, and that just kind of abrupted everything. It threw a huge wrench into huge gears in the world. And, and then, you know, there was the, there, because of that, there was, the, there was the quarantine. And because of that, there's economic disruption. And all these things that have created um, just really huge obstacles and resistance to forward momentum. And it got to where it was easy for people to probably forget that God had spoken promises about a catalytic year. And how many of you know that God did not send that word out to the entire body of Christ blind to what was coming? He knew. He knew. And, and, and so we've got to always remember that opposition and trials and tribulations are not something that God thinks should be able to rob us of our destiny. Amen? And, and so, you know, here we are trying to get out of this COVID quarantine shutdown and transition back into getting the gears of the world moving again. And before you know it, we got George Floyd situation. And we got, we got racism stirred up again. We got the, we got the riots. Like it, it went from proper, peaceful protests, which by the way, there's a time and a place for that. People need to have a voice. And, and, and the, the world needs to hear the voice of those who feel oppressed and are in pain, amen? There, there needs to be a listening to what the cries of the hearts are. God's listening. But when it turns, when it stimulates people who, who go to the measures of anger and violence and chaos and anarchy, it, it, it kind of got out of control. Amen? Now, I'm not saying it's the same people. I don't, I'm not even going to say who it is. I, I still think that we need to be listening to the voice, the heart cries of the people. But, but there's just things that are happening that are getting out of control and there's anarchy going on. And, and uh, it's just a, it's a crazy time we're in and all these things can feel like setbacks to the word that God said. This is Vision 2020. The year of catalytic momentum heaven on earth. How many of you guys want to cling and not let the world's disruptions rock us from the promises of God. Amen? 
but we still have to stop and we still have to pay attention to the, to the need that's presented itself to us. And I, I want to tell you guys, and I'm going to say this with vulnerability, I, I'm struggling like, to know what to do. I'm struggling to know what to say because there's different people groups who need attention and, and if we don't give them the right attention, it can create problems. And, and, but there's not just one place that needs God's attention, all right? It's a hard thing. And, and my heart's troubled. My, my gut is torn. I, yesterday, I struggled all day long. Like, I don't even know if I know the right things to say to all of this. And I want you to know, like, leaders around this nation, church leaders, government leaders, whatever, whoever, we gotta, we got to tread carefully through, this, through a time like this. And so there's things that are right to say, and there's some things that could be true but not necessarily right in the moment. And, and it's just we've got we to gotta give attention where it's due. Do you guys hear my heart? I, I want to I do well showing support, moral support and heart support to the black community. How many of you guys could agree with the slogan that's going around so strong right now that black lives matter? Can I hear an amen on that? And you know, for me, I, I grew up, I grew up in, a, in a community, in different communities, different peoples. Um, racism has not even been a part of my world. So this thing has actually got me shocked. Like, it, I, I, I'm surprised with a lot of what's going on right now because I, I've been oblivious to the fact that racism is still an issue. But it needs to be brought into the light, all right? My whole message today is not about racism, but, but that's a thing that's at hand right now. We gotta give it attention. Um, I, I wanna give my support. I, wanna, I want them to know that, that we love them. I want them to know that we don't just love them, but we see them, we hear them. And we've got black people in our own church. They're not here today, but I want them to know. I want them to feel the love and the support of our family in a time where, where they're feeling pain right now. Amen? And, and I, I believe that the part of the inheritance of this church, as it grows and develops, we're going to have people of different ethnicities in this body. And we already do in seed form. And I, I believe that that's going to grow and, and increase. And I'm excited about that. God loves the nations, amen? He loves the nations. He loves every culture, every people group. He created them. And, and it takes all of us to love each other and to be together, to, to really be able to exemplify to the world what the full spectrum of Jesus looks like in this earth. Amen? You guys okay with what I'm saying here? Now I want to say this. I also, this is where I'm torn, because I don't want to stand with them at the expense of also standing where, where there needs to be support in other places too, and this is where it's hard for me, because there's some crazy things going on in this nation right now uh, where there's animosity against the, the police force, and, and, there, and there's 
people who have animosity against governmental leaders. And I don't think that we can ignore that one either. Okay? Now, there, there's, there's good in all of the people groups. And there's some people, I'm not saying the groups themselves, but there are people who are bad in every group who are not re resembling the love of Christ and how they're going about things. I'm not talking about groups. I'm talking about just there's, there's not good things happening. Okay? And, uh, you know, nobody, I think, would condone what those police did with George Floyd. I don't think there's any doubts that that was a, a high crime that needs justice done. Okay? So, but, but that doesn't mean that every police officer is a bad officer. And, and like, we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, okay? You guys, you guys hear me? Not, again, I, I, to, I told you, I, I, I approach this topic with fear and trembling because it could be easy to offend someone in anything I'd say, but, but here's the question. Does it have to be one or the other? Does justice only happen with one group or should it happen every place? Okay? Do we have to take sides? If we have to take sides, I think the side that I need to take is the side that Jesus Christ is on. And his side is not on an earthly side. He came to bring the kingdom of heaven, which is a separate kingdom. It's a superior kingdom. It's a kingdom that doesn't function by the wisdom of humankind. All right? Jesus came to this earth seeing every single person in bondage, in sin, in corruption. Je Jesus Christ came because He saw every single person in shackles of some form, in bondage of some form, fallenness, darkness, deception, to, to individual people and to people groups. He died on the cross to set every single person free from our own corruption. And without Him, we're all screwed. Amen? I don't know if that's politically correct to say as a preacher, but there it is, on camera. All right? I want to take Jesus aside. He, he, came, he came to this earth to, to, to heal humans and humanity. Amen? He came to heal all parts of brokenness. And there's brokenness in our society. And Jesus wants to heal these things. And, and guess who He chooses to use to administer healing? The body of Christ. Alright? It's not going to happen through the government. It's not going to happen through politics or, or people groups. It's going to happen through the demonstration of the life of Jesus in this earth through His people. And, and I want to say, we need to, we need to offer proper prayer support and love and embracing of all kinds of people. 
And, and right now, I want to say this, that, that the black community needs to know that we love them. They want to know that we see them and that we hear them and that we recognize their hearts are in pain. All right? I've been listening to different people talk about how this, this whole thing's affecting them. And I want to say some of the common themes that I'm hearing is, is they feel alone. They feel, they feel they're in fear because they don't know if somebody's going to do something to them. Anywhere they're at, they, if they go into the store, there's, there's fear. How are people thinking of me when they greet me or they look at me? I don't think that they should have to feel that way. And the, and the, and they, and the common, common things that I'm hearing from them is they, they feel misunderstood. They, they feel like, like people just want to be right instead of put their own, their own need to be right down long enough to show them that we actually care and embrace them. Amen? And, and that, that's how every person needs to feel. It, not that. They need to feel the opposite. Every person, whether, no matter which community you're in, needs to feel loved, needs to feel valued, needs to feel seen and heard and understood, cared for. You guys hear in my heart? And we need to pray for the black community. We need to pray that the, 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 there will be healing for them. There will be unity amongst the races in our nation. We need to pray that racism will be crushed because it's a principality. It's a demonic principality that's behind that. And, and then there's the, the governmental leaders who we need to pray for them because things are crazy. But I want to say that it's not like a, it's not like a, a taking sides. It's not, a, it's not a this is right, this is wrong. It's more like we need to see order come in all places because it's out of order. There's things in the government that's out of order. There's things in police departments out of order. We need to see divine order come and we need to pray into these things. Amen? You guys hearing me? When, when, there's, a, there's a loud voice crying out. And, you know, when, when Israel was in captivity to Egypt and they were, they were in slavery and they were being treated wrong and, the, and God told Moses, he said, I heard the cries of their hearts. He heard their cries and so he raised up a deliverer. And, and we need to hear the cries that's going on in this nation right now. All right? Order needs to come because things are not all right. We're going to pray into these things today, by the way. <clears throat> I, could, I could sit here, I could stand here and tell you guys my opinions about all these things. And I don't really feel like that's what needs to happen. Not right now, I don't feel that grace. As a matter of fact, I, I'm afraid that if I said my opinion, I'd change my mind in two weeks and, I, and regret something I said because I, we're all finding our way through this thing that's new to us. And I don't know that anybody's an expert in how to do this right, except God. And that's what we're going to <clears throat> right now. Excuse me. <clears throat> we got it. I don't think that I can do justice to tell you guys what 
I think's right. So I feel like we need to go to the Word. And I want to take you guys through some Scripture because He's the person who's going to tell us how to do this right. Okay? So if you guys have your Bibles or your Bible apps, please open them up because I want you guys to go on this journey with me. <clears throat> We're going to read out of Romans 12. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bust through a lot of verses, but we're going to talk about them. <clears throat> Romans 12. Do I have anybody in this space right here who would call yourself a kingdom person? Let, let me hear you. If you call yourself a kingdom person, just say amen. amen. Do, I, do I have any... Brothers and sisters in Christ in this area. <clears throat> Do I have, am I surrounded by anybody who you, you are a laid down lover of Jesus Christ? That, that you want to do everything you can to, to exemplify and, and demonstrate the life of Jesus and do it his way, even if it's at the expense of having to change who you are to become more like Him. Who's on board with me on that? <clears throat> How many of you know that in order to do that, to be a, a true disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, it means that we're going to have to lay down some things to line up the way that He does it. Alright? Jesus, Jesus actually taught us that to follow Him, we're going to have to take up our cross. And that means we've got to die to our earthly life on a daily basis but guess what? Dying to our earthly life lets us enter into the resurrected life of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> but we've got to do it His way. Alright, I want to read out of Romans 12, starting with verse 1. I'm going to take you guys on a journey, so I, I hope you'll bear with me because we've got we to gotta heed the words of the Lord. <clears throat> starting with verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, <coughs> excuse me, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Let me stop on that one. Because this is saying that, that we, by the mercy of God, need to present our lives as though we are a sacrifice to Him. How many of you know that a sacrifice means it's going to cost you something? And the Lord wants us to lay our lives down and to worship Him with every part of our life being a sacrifice to Him. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is, what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. All right, we've been talking that verse since the beginning of this church plant. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we love that verse because we're being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ that our spirit has already become unified with inside. But our soul, which is the, our mind and our will and our emotions, it's the external part of our behavior system of, of us, is trying to catch up to the reality of the finished work of Jesus Christ that He's done in our spirit. And in the spirit, if you're, if you're born again, you've been born 
You, you, you've died to the old sinful nature and you've been given, you've been given newness of life. And so in the spirit, you're a, you're a son or a daughter of the Most High God. But, the, but we're being transformed through our soul and our body to catch up to our inward reality in Christ. Okay? And God is trying to do this work in us to, to create into us, to become a, a race of, div, of divine creations. Alright? He, he, he wants us to be a... Uh, individuals who are who are walking a manifested life of Jesus Christ and collectively together the body of Christ being being his representation not just by action but by spirit coming from the inside out into this world all right and we we all know that because it's what we've been going after from the beginning of overflow is that is we're, we're becoming more and more like that spirit that's within us, the Spirit of Christ. It's transforming us so that our, our thoughts, our actions, our behaviors, our habits be transformed more like Jesus Christ. But this is saying, in order for that, we cannot be conformed to this world. Alright? And I want to say this, that it is possible <coughs> to have been transformed more into the image of Christ. Um, He's saying, do not be conformed to the world. All right? If we want to be, be in sync with the Spirit of Christ that He's given to us, we can't do that and stay latched on to the world. We've got to let go of the world, the world's mindsets, the world's systems. We've got to let go of that. God said, come out from among them and be holy. So He wants to, he wants to make us a separate kind of an entity, separate spirit, separate heart, separate life, doesn't mean we don't love it, love them, but we're not, the, we're not of them. Does that make sense? And so, in order to do that, we've got to let go. We've got to let Him transform us. We've got to be heaven's people. We're citizens of heaven before we're citizens of America. All right? Now, what I was going to say is, is it's possible... To, to have been transformed at some measure, and then, and then things that are going on in the world, we can, get, we can yoke ourselves with those things and, and let that become our, our focal point and start actually attaching ourselves to that and drawing from the spirit of that thing, and then, and then we start getting conformed to the world again. That's possible to happen. We, we can... We can choose to yoke ourselves to a different place than Christ and, and go back into conformity to that place again. It happens all the time. I, I've been grieved multiple times to see people who were on fire for Jesus a couple of years ago, and then they left the community that they were in that was stimulating the fire, and, and they're not around a community like that anymore, and they go back to their old ways, or even worse. So it can happen. So what I, the point I want to make on that verse is the things that are going on in the, in the nation, in the world right now, they're, 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 they're important matters, but we've got to determine where we're going to yoke ourselves to. We've got to determine, are we going to yoke ourselves to the issues and the spirit of the world that's behind these things, or are we going to yoke ourselves to Christ? Because you can change your yokes. 
All right? We can get conformed, but there's a spirit of the world in it. And the Lord's calling us to, to not be conformed to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we can prove the good and acceptable will of God. All right? God wants us to, to make sure that we're not getting caught up and coming under all the things that's going on in this earth right now. Doesn't mean we're not paying it attention. It doesn't mean we're not going to try to be a part of the solution. But you can't fix something that if you're part of the brokenness of it. We've got to be connected with the only person who can redeem all things and do it his way. I'm going to continue here. <clears throat> so from the context of that, go to verse 3. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. <clears throat> for, we have, for we have many members in one body. Everybody say, one body. one body. But all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ. Everybody say, one body. One body. Say, in Christ. in Christ. And individually, members of one another. So you as an individual are so important for who you are and as you are. You're important. God loves you. He created you. He put a DNA into you. And, and, and you're an important piece, but not by yourself. God's calling us to be together. There's a unity. There's, a, there's the, the thing that we need one another, and we've got to knit our hearts together to be a family, to be a body of Jesus Christ. Amen? Having then the gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Our ministry, let us use it in, in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness, We'll take another time, sometime in the future, to focus more on those things, but that's not the focal point today. I want you just in that section to hear God's heart, that He needs the body united together. All right? He needs unity. God is expecting unity. He's relying on us to have unity for Him to be able to show up and do the things He wants to do. You guys with me? So we're called to serve one another. We need to have a heart posture that's not thinking all about me. I need to be thinking about how can I use my life, my strength, my gifting, my skill, my time, my talents. How can I use that to invest it into embettering other people's lives? God's going to take care of you. But he's going to do it in response to how you take care of one another. And he needs us to be a people who are not letting divisive issues separate us, to drive a wedge between us and other people. I, last week I talked about bitterness and unforgiveness. And, and the enemy would do anything he can to try to create separations of heart connection. Jesus is here to try to knit hearts together, to build unity, to build oneness of heart, oneness of mind. Can I hear an amen on that? 
I'm going to move on here. Verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. So, so God's not calling on us to try to choose a, the, what party are we going to be all in with or which group are we going to be all in with or what bandwagon am I going to get on. He wants us to, to think about what, what, he matter, what matters to Him. He wants us to love without hypocrisy. He wants us to abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. We can't compromise. All right? Be kindly affectionate, verse 10, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. Unless if they disagree with you. I'm going to read that again. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. Unless if they're of a different political persuasion of yours. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. Unless they're riding on a different bandwagon than the one you're on. Does it say those things? Or is it a general statement that we're supposed to have for all people at all times? There's no qualifiers here. This is what Christian life is. And I don't know that, I don't know that we're always all doing excellent with this. <laughs> Hope you hear me on this. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor. Honor. How many of you know that God loves honor? Honor is required for unity. Giving preference to one another. It's not about me. It's about us. It's not about me. It's about you and them and me. It's us together. But, but we can't just be all about how am I making my life better? Jesus is calling on us through this passage. How can I lay my life down to make their lives better? Are you guys doing okay? When I was doing this just on the camera and you guys were watching on your screens, I had no idea how you were receiving it. Or I have no idea, like, are you amening it or not? And, and so, you know, it's different right now and, and I, I, just, I just hope that this is transferring, all right? All right, and moving on. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. How many of you know that God is, needs us to keep our hope on? When things get bad, He wants us to keep our hope on. He wants us not just to have hope, but to be able to rejoice with that hope. All right? Patient in tribulation. Have we been in tribulations in these late days? Amen? Patient in tribulation, but doing it with rejoicing and hope. 
Continuing steadfastly in prayer. We need to be praying for these things. Distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. Listen to this one. Verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. They're, they're, you know, you can define persecution how you want, but if, if people are hating and calling out on people and slandering and putting people down, whether it's people groups or individually, this is saying that, that we need to not get into the same frame of mind as them. See, that would be conforming to the world. If, if we dish back to the people what they're doing to us, we're conforming to the spirit of this world. But Jesus called on us through this passage. He's calling on us to, to not be conformed to the world, but to be renewed, by the, by the, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So we can't get caught up in the rilings of the, of the, and the stirrings and the hornet's nest that's going on in society around us. He's calling on us to step away from that, to draw from Jesus, to pull from the Spirit of Christ, to let that be what we're functioning from. Not reactions to people that are offending us, but drawing from a love that's bigger and it's unconditional to release that to people. Amen. All right, that was verse 14. We, we, we don't want to get into wars with people when God's calling on us to bless those who are persecuting us. Bless and do not curse. What kind of things are, are we saying about the people who are, who are in opposition of the way that we think things need to happen? What names are we calling them? Whether it's publicly on Facebook. By the way, I see Facebook a lot. We need to demonstrate Christ, guys. All right? Doesn't mean we don't have a voice for things that matter to us, but, but there's a way to do it with respect, with honor, with love that's not divisive. All right? Now check this verse out, verse 15. This is a powerful and important voice or verse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. That one is hard for, for a lot of us. Because we need to be able to, in Christ, to be able to capture His heart for people with where they're at. And Jesus was beautiful at being at a party with somebody celebrating something in one moment, but being able to cry with somebody who's grieving in another moment and not differentiate the two. And, and we can have a tendency to, think, to, to firm up our stance on what we think should be when the Lord's like, hey, that's, that might be right in this scenario, but maybe sometimes we need to actually step out of that for a moment and give somebody the attention and the care that they need in that place. And that's a lot of what's happening right now with the, with the society that's going on. It's okay. It's okay if, if somebody, you know, feels differently about something than you do, but how they feel is legitimate to them. And sometimes we need to lay down our own agenda for a moment 
and get into the, 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 the heart of what they're feeling so we can show them love and compassion like Jesus would do. It doesn't mean that we have to come into agreement with everything that they stand for in order to show them support. But we need people to feel loved and valued right where they're at. You guys hear me on this? When Jessica and I lost our baby Sadie in 2012, that was one of the most crisis moments of our lives. And, you know, we're, we were at Bethel, which is the heaven on earth party atmosphere. And, and people are getting whacked and zapped and the Holy Ghost healed, raised from the dead, all these things. And we just lost a baby. All around us is people partying and enjoying the Lord and, and the drunken glory of God. And I love that. But here we were in a crisis. And guess what? Our community, the people who are our, our friend group, they were able to put the party aside and come where we're at and cry their faces off with us. And not try to just give us all the solutions for how, how we need to believe or think or do, but just to love us where we're at. To lay agenda down and to love us where we're at. And that was what we needed. We, we, we know what the Bible says about all the things, about the truth for healing, miracles, sufferings, all that. But we had people who are willing to put their need to, to give the best answer, to give the, the best form of ministry to us. They put that down and just came around us and gave us support. All right? We need to do well with this. We need to be aware of people and to do well with loving them where they're at. And, uh, you know, I, as I said before, one of, the, one of the common themes that I've been hearing from, from my, my black brothers and sisters in this time is that they, they don't know if they're feeling like we're listening. Okay? And I'm not just talking about you guys. I'm just, I just mean society. They need to feel cared for. They need to feel heard. They need to feel like we don't need to have what the right answer should be. We don't... We don't always have to give the right answer. Sometimes we just need to give the right kind of love. You guys hearing my heart? I'm calling on us as a church, by the way, to try to do well with this. Because we as a church, as a family, we need to do well with these things. Verse 16. Where am I at here? Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things. And when that says don't set your mind on high things, what it means is don't get conceited. Don't, don't think that, that you and your thoughts and ways are superior to those around you. Don't set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. I, I, just, I just want us to do well with these things. Um, being right is not the highest place in a relationship. <laughs> we all need to hear this, including me. Being right is not the highest place in a relationship. The highest place in a relationship is heart connection. 
And sometimes we need to lay down our entitlements to be right in order to pursue a heart connection. Doesn't mean that we have to compromise our value systems or our convictions. And doesn't mean I have to lay this down so that I can be connected to you. It just means that I'm going to connect to you even if this thing's not in alignment because we have unconditional love. Unconditional love, it's love without conditions. All right? Love without conditions. People don't need you to always give them the right answers. Often what people are looking for is do you understand how I feel? Sometimes demonstrating an understanding heart towards people is more powerful than giving them the right answer. And sometimes the heart connection can, can lead you to a place where those answers have a place to land. But without that heart connection, it's probably going to land on a deaf ear. I know this from plenty of experience. I'm a married man. <laughs> and I'll tell you, us men are often us men like to be fixers. And that's not always what's needed. People aren't always waiting for solutions. They're wanting to feel cared for. They, they need to know there's understanding. You guys hear my heart on that? We need to do well with this. Jesus wasn't going around telling everybody about all their wrongs. Doesn't mean that they weren't wrong. It doesn't mean he didn't know it. He died on the cross for those wrongs. But, but he still loved people where they were at. But he didn't just leave them where they're at. He loved them enough to, through relationship to bring people into the journey of wholeness to where, to where he's guiding people to, to let go of their conformity to the world and the, and the transformation. He, he wants the transformation, but he wants to do it through relational journey. Amen? I'm getting close to being done with what's on my heart, guys. Repay no one. This is verse 17. I'm going to finish out 17 through 21 for this next point. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves. You guys need to hear this. I need to hear this. But rather give place to wrath. To wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. That's amazing. I'll come back, I'll finish this and then come back. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. Wait a minute. If, if who is hungry? If who's hungry? If your enemy, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If your enemy is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not overcome, sorry, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Jesus has a different way than the world is trying to find their solutions to the problems. We cannot get caught up in the systems and in the spirit of the world the hornet's nests that are, that are buzzing right now and trying to cause problems and, 
and, and weaken the fabric of the way society is right now. Yeah, some things need to change. But we can't get caught up in the spirit of the world. We've got to be connected to the kingdom of God and to bring that kingdom into this earth. And Jesus gave us Romans 12, spoken through Paul. He gave us this as a, as a way for us to learn how do we demonstrate Christ under pressure. Because Paul is a man who got persecuted everywhere he went. He was a man who led the church to stay firm in the faith when the world was trying to destroy Christianity. And he's telling them, love those who persecute you. Pray for them. Don't curse them. Don't repay evil with evil. But, but give them love. Give them, give them something they need because that's where the kingdom can come through. It's not going to come through with hatred and violence animosity, anarchy. It's not going to come through any of these things. You guys hear in my heart? I, I, I love this, but, but, but then he says this. And he was quoting, he's quoting God of all people. He says, do not avenge yourselves, but give place to wrath. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Let's let God be the judge. Let God be the one who determines what justice looks like. There is a need for justice and it needs to be voiced. And it is being voiced and that's awesome. But it's not going to come through human wrath. It's going to come by people walking out righteously. And we as the body of Christ need to be the demonstrators of what heaven looks like through us. Individually, as a church, as the church at large. We need to lead the way in what this looks like. Now, let me say, it's easy when people are persuaded by different factors. To, it's, good, it's good for us to care and concern ourselves. We want to pay attention to the heart cries and to show compassion and to love well and to, and to show support. But we can't do that at the expense of our brothers and sisters. We, and and we, we got to do it with humility, with love and honor. Because if it's coming at verbal warfare, we're part of the problem. Because we're connected to the spirit of the world in that. We're being conformed to the world when we fight this with the world's tools. Are you guys hearing my heart? This isn't my heart only, this is God's heart. I felt like the Word of God needed to be the, the voice on this topic. Alright? Now, I'm not going to spend much more time on this next part here, but, but I do want to say this. Chapter 12, just, just kind of reflecting on how that passage flows. Don't be connected to the world, but be transformed so that we can prove God's will on this earth as living sacrifices. That means laying down our own entitlements and agendas and, and doing it His way, even if it's in opposition of what my way would be. Okay? And, and in that, it's, it goes on, he's talking about we need to be the body of Christ. All members are important, but we need to be important together as a family, as a body. It's unity is required. Because God 
can't work through division. Jesus said a house that's divided will fall apart. God needs us to be knitted together. We can't, be, we can't even be enemies against one another because of different persuasions. The family of God comes before political agendas. That could be a tweet. Because <laughs> it's true. <clears throat> and he goes on and he talks to us about how to be humble and loving and caring the right way. But, but he flows right into chapter 13 and, he, and he's talking about this. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority... Resist the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. And he goes, he goes on and he talks further on, on the truth of the matter. But it's just crazy that that whole chapter 12 applies to how we as Christians need to live in this modern time that we're in. Demonstrating love and humility and care and compassion. Not getting caught up with the systems of the world. And at the same time, going on in the world is anarchy and, and trying to come against the governing authorities and police forces and all these things. Like the police force probably needs some refining in how some people are managing things. No question on that. We need justice where justice is due. But we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater if we yoke with people who are saying, the government needs to come down. God's not in that. All right? God's not in that. Because this says that, the, that we need to be subject to them. There's no authority except that which is God. Whoever resists the authority resists the ordinances of God. And so I, I just want to make that last point that anarchy is satanic. Doesn't mean that there's not a space to stand up for what's right and to make a voice known and to call for change. Absolutely. But to try to dismantle authority, and that happens in the church as well. If, we, if people are trying to dismantle God's system of authorities, then things have gotten way out of control. God relies on authority. He ordains it. He delegates it so that this, the flow of heaven can come in as it needs to in the different parts of that. So I, I'm, just, I'm just saying that piece because I'm proclaiming today prophetically that racism's got to end. Okay? Racism has got to end. And, and disunity has got to end. But also a, a hatred towards authority has got to end because that is Antichrist. I'm saying this out loud, not just to you guys, but in the spirit. Because there needs to be order. God, we need God to bring justice so that all these areas get in order and get healed. We need to see restoration. Amen? I want to end today by, by praying together. And then, how are we doing on time? We're actually going to take communion. All right? We're going to take communion, but I want us to take a few moments, and, and before we take communion, actually, Josh, can you guys go ahead and get that communion together?
Here at Overflow, we don't require you to be a part of our church. Take communion with us. All I ask is that, is that you are born again. And if you want to take it and you haven't made yourself born again yet, you can have the juice and the, and the bread. That's fine. But that's all, that's all it is until you have that heart connection with Jesus. But a heart connection with Jesus, actually, we, we get to take the, obs- the observance of the communion, and it's a, it's a worship. It's, a, it's connecting our spirit and our heart with Jesus dying on the cross. And, and when we take that bread, we're, we're paying attention to the, the pain of His broken body hanging on the cross. That He did this to restore you guys and to restore humanity. And, and, and when we drink the, the juice, it's to, it's to commemorate the blood of Jesus and to remember the power of His blood that cleanses us of sin and, and breaks off the, the conformity of this world. And today, like, I, I don't remember the passage because I didn't take the time to look it up, but I believe it's in one of the Corinthians. It talks about taking communion, and it, it says don't do it in an unworthy manner. And, and basically, we need to make sure that our hearts are right with God and with our brothers and sisters. Because it says that we need, to, we need to do it in observance of the body of Christ. All right? And when we do communion, I want, us to, I want us to pay close attention to these things I'm talking about today that we need to do well loving our brothers and sisters well and loving those who might not be in God's family yet. We need to love them well. And, and observing, uh, is, uh, is my heart right with God? Is my heart right in how I'm Loving other people or the lack thereof. Because listen, today God is calling on us to make sure that we're, that we're demonstrating Jesus well in a time of pressure. This is a time for us to ask the Lord, is there anything that was in Romans 12 or that first part of 13 where my heart is not in a right place? Is my heart not right with, am I getting caught up with the affairs of the world in an unhealthy way? All right? That's, that's one question. Another one, am I, am I yoking my heart together with the body of Christ well? Am I connected with my brothers and sisters in a, in a proper manner from a heart level? All right? And, and then and another one, am I, am I loving well? Am I... Am I trying to repay evil with evil? Or am I trying to be the, be the kind of person that would bless those who persecute me? How, how's my heart doing towards authorities? Because authorities, if, if, we're, if, if we're against authority, then our heart is in rebellion. That's not okay. All right? So ask the Lord those questions. Is my, am I connected to your unconditional love well, receiving it from you and giving it to others?